Hey, where are the white women at? But how did he get down to his underwear that fast? We'll just have to take these pants off so that I can take a closer look. Still others evolved so much, they don't even need to wear pants. <laughs> I don't like cheese biscuits. Uh, welcome back to more cartoon casual with Joe and not so normal Paul. I'm very normal. Paul doesn't like the cheddar bay biscuits at Red Lobster, and I informed him that that's the only thing that's good at Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't understand how you can not like them. It's bread and cheese and herbs and garlic. There's I don't garlic want, in it. This is this has to do with my potato chip thing too, or any of those kind of stuff. I I prefer safe. to put stuff on my chips. Or dip my chip into something. You want them as plain as possible. It's like because I, I was making fun of you a few weeks ago about the not making fun. I was just appalled that you got plain potato chips. I think it was for uh, Janie Stapleton. Yes, I think when she was here because I just said, "Hey, we try to do snacks. What and kind stuff. of snacks would you what like? You like? like potato I, chips? Well, she said like, yeah, I like anything. Oh. What was the brand? Kettle oh. chips. She likes kettle chips uh, like, and the style. The yeah, the uh, Cape Cod kettle chips. Is that what it was? I think she. Was she very specific that way? I can't remember. It wasn't Cape Cod. It was the other. There's another well, well-known well brand. But So I just bought several different things. And one of them was a plain. Plain as what? it was. Are you okay with your knobs over there? Yeah. Joe? No, I'm just I'm playing with my knob. I know. I kind of You were reaching down. Oh, we're drinking a coffee, though. Today. We are drinking coffee. We're, 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 I think I'm a little hot. It's a hot, hot mic. Hot mic. And uh, yeah. we're we're not fishing for sponsors yet, but we 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 reserve the right to do so later on. But this well, we chose to start talking about this a little bit because we talk about Tito's a lot, which is a fine vodka. It is true, and we drink a lot of coffee, a lot of coffee here. Yeah, like this is my second cup since like four o'clock. Yeah, uh, Mexico El Triunfo, which is from the Chiapas region, from of Mexico, old, from Old Bisbee Roasters in Bisbee, Arizona, Arizona, and Crazy Bisbee. This is a medium to light roast. This is a light medium roast. Yeah. And it's also from my favorite region, which we've mentioned before on the podcast. And you've taught me a lot about coffee. You were the one that got me to... um, Stop using Folgers. (laughs) I have never, ever used shitty coffee. Yes. You you had Hills Brothers in here that was like out of date, 10 years. That was not... Actually, (laughs) what I I started out with here was uh, was the Keurig stuff. Which was just, I mean, environmentally irresponsible right. and it burns the coffee and it's just right fucking terrible all but around it, it was like, con- all of it, it was bad con- it was convenient but would you know it's just and i had a coffee maker of a keurig here and i had one at my house yep and i just i got rid of both i actually one of them still somewhere but one and of them you sold got, one we sold the one of porsche for her mom i did and and uh, so that one's gone and then uh, you said you know you ought to just do this, this whole french press thing and then I think George, my friend back in Atlanta, said, yeah, we do that. And I, and I got mad at him for not selling it harder earlier on because he, he just doesn't really push very much. He just kind of mentions things and then leaves it alone. And lets you kind of figure it out on yeah, your and own I couldn't, timeline. And I couldn't figure it out on my own. You couldn't because <laughs> I was like, hey, man, let me get a cup of coffee. And then you bust out your goddamn earth-killing uh, Keurig. <laughs> and Earth and coffee-killing. Like everything about it is bad. There's nothing it about it that's good. It like is. if it, It's it, like... 
I don't know, come up with a slash and burn method of, of, of cutting down the rainforest. It ha- it does some good. Sure. Okay. We It, it, it gets rid of the viable. rainforest. <laughs> I don't even like, <laughs> is that the next thing you're going to tell me you don't like? Cheddar Bay Biscuits, Phil Collins, and the rainforest. rainforest. Fuck the rainforest. You sound like the janitor from Scrubs. He's like, I don't, I don't believe in the, 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 I don't believe in the moon. I just think it's the back of the sun. <laughs> You're like what? God. Yeah, I don't like the moon. It pisses me off. Try, I'm trying to sleep outside on a park mansion. It keeps me awake. And actually, to be honest, I'm not it's honest when I say fuck the rainforest. I'm not. No, please, I know. Please, people. Please. I know that you know that, but I mean, just other people. I, I like to think that if the if people are so dumb that they can't figure that out, yeah, I want them to keep listening to this podcast sure. because I want to offend them as much as possible. So uh, then, no, so the, then, the yeah. rainforest like it, it creates arable land so that you can do stuff. Right, right. But it destroys the rainforest. Keurigs don't do anything fucking good. Right. They burn coffee. They, 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 the uh, non reusable ones. Right. They, they the sit in the, the uh, landfill yeah. for fucking 10,000 years. So, so I got, uh, I don't know if it was, I can't remember what it was. We're going to buy a grinder one time. And then you said, well, if you're going to buy a grinder, if you're you going to spend the money, center, consider doing a conical burr grinder. Bingo. And I went, all right. So I started looking it up on you and yeah, I'd buy this one if I were you. And there weren't a whole lot available back then. This could be a long conversation. We, you know, we can go on and on about it's this. Perfectly fine. But, but that having been said, we used your conical burr grinder mm-hmm. to grind up old Bisbee roasters. We did, which is what we're drinking. It's a chiapas, like you said, we're drinking that today. Oh, but, so good. Uh, they've got I've, very good coffee. Mm-hmm. They're down there. I don't know how many years they've been down there, but we like their coffee. We we like their shout out to those guys. Yeah. Old Bisbee Roasters. Now back to the cheddar biscuits. How do you not like cheddar biscuits? I man? want to like, deal I, with my biscuit on my own terms. It's like the, you really don't like So what the <laughs> fuck? Do you like, do you, so you put your own salt and pepper on your eggs? Like if I were to make you eggs? Yes. Don't fuck with my eggs. If what could, about an omelet? If it, no, I don't want salt and pepper in there. Well, okay. You're going to have to put a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. That's okay. But I don't mean don't fuck it up with too much. That's up to me. I'm cooking it. Okay. That's not a good example. Okay. Okay. Because that's partly, part, oh God, partially prepped food. Uh, okay. And, but it's if you prepared have a, food. It's not like a loaf of bread or something right. like that. I, I so could, if you okay. have a biscuit, I want to... If I want cheese on my biscuit, I want to slice my biscuit and put cheese on it and maybe put it, you know, if I want to have it melted, then I'll put it in a toaster oven or something or a microwave to kind of soften up that kind of, I don't want someone else to put their cheese in the biscuit. So you're willing to put like, so you're never going to build your own Cheddar Bay biscuit. You're not going to take a plain drop biscuit. I will never do that. Have you ever had them? Yes. And you don't like them? No, I don't. I don't. I've never met anybody that didn't like the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. It's kind of like I've never met anybody that didn't like Chicago. I love the town, Chicago. Yeah. Well, one out of three ain't bad, I guess. Yeah. Paul hates musicals, people. All of them. I don't hate. Oh, God damn it, Joe. <laughs> hey, remember Fucking... when I love the hyperbole. It was like, welcome back to Cartoon Casual. And Janie Stapleton is a Holocaust denier. <laughs> That poor, she's like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> well, I guess that makes it worse. Like, which that's I didn't know. She, terrible. Did dude. you know she was Jewish? Yes, she said that before when we were doing our little pre-interview thing. Oh, that's right. We're talking. We're just jacking around and talking about stuff. That's right. Anyway, yeah. well, I thought it, would, it was like a shocking it, statement. It was very it, shocking. It got it our funny. attention. I know you don't hate all musicals, but you're no, very selective in the musicals that you do like. Correct. And and when I said I said something about I was I watched the documentary about the the band Chicago, mm-hmm. and. 
I maybe the reason why I like Chicago is because I played horns, mm-hmm. and my stepdad played horns. So did my dad. I just I just grew up listening to Chicago. I just kind of assumed everybody liked Chicago as much as my family. Child abuse. And it's <laughs> you're such a dick. <laughs> it's uh it's really good. Well, okay, clearly it's not uh, the 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 music is pretty good because uh, they've sold over a hundred million albums. And um, they have how many? They're McDonald's they, has over eight billion served too. So. Yeah, I understand that, and they occasionally get one right. <laughs> Damn it! No, you're such an asshole. That is a terrible analogy. Look, I, okay, I know Chicago is talented. This is the whole. This is the Phil Collins thing we talked about. I, I know they have talent. Oh, Phil Collins is up next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's no, he's not up next. And prove my, prove yeah. your point. Actually, Paul said. If Chicago were playing at my hangar, I would leave. I did say that. He said that, and it's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire I life. I think I said that when we were walking out of the uh, at the wrestling match at the uh, whatever high school we were at the other day. I uh, yeah, uh, the we were at Kingman High School, mm-hmm. my alma mater. Okay, watching uh, Dano's um, volunteers destroy everybody. That I was going to ask how that goes. Yeah, we they left, left early. Yeah. Little early. Yeah, we we took off early. Okay, so uh, uh, mentioned the Chicago. You said I think we're talking about. Because uh, there's a on Netflix, there's a um, there's a documentary about Chicago, right? But I think I brought up because it was a thing on uh, Keith Richards. Maybe we we're talking about that. Oh a little yeah, bit. And he went, yeah, oh yeah, yeah there's yeah. one in Chicago too. You know, there's I went, I'm not going to bother. I don't like Chicago, and that's when you went, what? I was I was silent for a second because I mean, I uh, their songs are catchy, sure. Like they're all they're like they're there's obviously there's some really like very fine musicianship in there. But also, they're good pop songs. Like they're they just make good pop songs. It, it, it's undeniable because they have like like sixty top forty hits and like thirty five number one hits or some weird some some crazy Journey or Beatles level of like pop tune hit or pop hits like just fucking nuts. I'm gonna guess that um, it could have been something that happened in my childhood that turned me away from Chicago. Well, you mentioned that you don't like the way they do horns. As you said, you didn't like, you know, I don't like the horns in uh, rock music. And I'm like, you don't like horns? Yeah. And you said, I don't like the way they do horns. And I kind of wanted to explore that because I feel yeah. like this could be a cathartic therapy yeah, session. I, I don't know. I'd have to, oh, that would be awful to actually have someone cue up some Chicago music and listen to it right now, which we're not going to do. Kevin? Kevin. 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 Uh, some bitch won't show up. Nope. Anyway. So I, I don't know. Oh, what would we call their heyday in the 70s? Would that be their heyday? You know, first, where does that term first come from? Two number, like harvesting hay? Is that a heyday? No, it's hay, H-E-Y. It's heyday. Oh, it's hay, like hay mm-hmm. yeah. day. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was more for... Hey! <laughs> it's, I, don't, I would say the 70s, yeah. I think they okay. sold... They had the more hits in the set throughout the 70s, but it was from like 1971 through 80. <clears throat> but they had a bunch of string of number one hits in the '80s too. You like uh, you're a music person. There's no question about it, and because your your tastes are much more broad than mine, I would say, and you are into it more. Uh, and I was really into it when I was younger as well, but probably not quite as much as you are. So I'm just guessing that there are more people you can appreciate and like than I do. I have just went down this path, a little bit narrower area where didn't like certain things. I didn't like, uh, that was another one I was going to think of too, other than Phil Collins, but, but, um, well, you like, you don't like Phil Collins because 
you're a Genesis fan, but Peter Gabriel Genesis. I'm more on and, his. And you're a Peter I'm, Gabriel person. I'm, I'm, I am. And Which I, I, I can respect. Like, it's Is this a the, common thing for people? Like you're in the, either, I, either one of the camps? Kind yeah, of thing? I talked to Cardo about this a long time ago. I mentioned Phil Collins. and he, as, So, yeah, you're about as good a drummer as Phil Collins. He goes, Phil Collins is a great drummer, and he should have stuck with drumming. And then I found, come to find out that Cardo's a huge, uh, he's a Peter Gabriel fan. Oh, really? From like the beginning. Like that he, he and um, Lou Reed did, helped do, he produced a Lou Reed album in the 70s that is, now Jeremiah will listen to this. I'm sure he's probably got it on 180 gram, whatever horseshit. Uh, it's a, it's an ambient noise album and it's, nobody ever, Lou Reed did it as a joke. Okay. He did it because he had to fulfill a contractual ob- obligation. So he just said, fuck it. We'll just so he said, fuck it. Let's just do something. Turn on the mics like, and it's clicks and beeps. It could be drone, swimming. Dr- like synthesizer drone song mm-hmm. tracks that are like 35 minutes long. Like an entire one side is one track <laughs> and the other side is like 40 tracks. Like Jesus. just to be annoying. Just mm-hmm. to say I put out a record and it's, a, it's all original. But um, uh, Peter Gabriel produced that. And then Peter Gabriel ended up getting into a lot of that weird ambient stuff and then got involved with, um, oh, God, uh, Brian. I lost it. I can't think of his name. Can't think of it. Okay. One of those weird underground bands from the 70s. Anyway, so um, Bacardo mentioned Peter Gabriel. He was like, yeah, but Peter Gabriel, from the first time he produced it, it was like, it, Phil Collins couldn't carry, he said, Phil Collins couldn't carry Peter Gabriel's dick or something like that. Like, wow. I was like, wow. Is he just, is it a professional jealousy because Phil Collins is a drummer, you think? he just? I don't think so. I think it's, I think Cardo, he is like you. He he appreciates uh, nuttiness and esotericism. Mm. I'm okay with that. I, I, I can respect that. The Chicago thing with you, I just don't get. I feel like there's some sort of childhood trauma, like some band nerd beat you up or something. Now you don't like horns. There, there had to be. It was just, I mean, they had a large horn section, didn't they? They didn't have a large horn section. It was a uh, uh, trumpet, sax, and trombone, I believe. I think that was it. Well, it's certain. And then they had they had well, there, a couple people playing. Like one guy would play like a, either piano or synthesizer, or piano or organ, and then a synthesizer. So you could have heard more horns in there than they actually had. But I think they only had a three piece horn section. Most of the time. Now that could have changed up and it did change up because all those guys, all seven original members are, were tremendous musicians. Well, it certainly like, sounds like they have a larger shitty horn section. You're such an asshole. Which is, <laughs> so this is what kind of bugged me about the more I thought about it. Knowing <laughs> this really bothers you. It really bothered me <laughs> because I respect your opinion on music oh, and I really shouldn't. respect, I respect your, 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 your mm, years on the planet and I respect your experience, and I respect the fact that you were alive when those guys were put, and listening to pop records when those guys were put out. You make it sound like I live on this mountain, and you have to occasionally scale the mountain and go to a summit and talk to the elder guy in the village. I kind of do. He lives up there. I have to put in a gate code. I have to drive, and there's there's cracks everywhere in the fucking pavement, and it's hard to get out. Uh, no, uh, I respect the, f- cause, okay, there's one, it's like, uh, it's like when Portia and I have listened to music together and I'm like, you know this song? She goes, everybody knows this song. And I'm like, I remember where I was when I heard that song for the first time. Like the first time I heard, like, uh, the first time I heard, uh, Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. I remember where I was at. I even remember, like, I was in the backseat passenger side of my mom's car and my stepdad tuned in and like we're listening to the like rock station 
And he goes, wow, what's this? And we listen to it. As a family, we listen to the Chili Peppers on the radio. Like That's a weird 92. thing I've never thought I'd hear anybody say. As a family, we listen to it's, the Hill Hot Chili really Peppers. It's really strange, but that being like, we've talked about family. It's kind of dysfunctional. Where all families are a little dysfunctional, but music was always kind of a unifying factor. Mm-hmm. Like we all kind of have this, have all of us in the family all have pretty good, well-rounded taste in music. But like for Portia, like she's looking at it through a different lens. She's looking at it from, she hears that song on the radio. She just knows that that's that song her dad sings along to every single time it's on the radio, which is like twice a day. Okay. So I look at it. I respect your opinion on when it comes to music and media and whatnot, because you lived through it coming out and being released and you can look at it at a different in a different way. It's kind of like how we've talked about how, you know, when I first uh, really started getting into music, I was like 11 or 12 and I was listening to the Eagles and I just loved hotel California. And then as a song and like, and I started getting into guitar and I was trying to mimic it. And my mom got to a point where she bought me the headphones Mm-hmm. It was like, can you stop, either stop playing it or use the headphones because I'm fucking sick of hearing this song. And to me, it's like, how can you get get sick of hearing this song? It's one of the greatest songs ever written. If you heard it on the radio, it was on rock stations, top 40 stations. It was on AMs, on FM. It was fucking everywhere. Same with uh, Stairway to Heaven. So I get it. Couldn't get away My from experience it. with a certain piece of music or, or an artist is different than someone who lived through it. And that's why I respect but, it. I was really surprised to hear... But the other you don't like Chicago. Okay, this has nothing to do with Chicago necessarily. But you you had a a musical. Your parents l- really liked music and got into it. I'm going to guess that when you came home from school, any number of times there was music maybe playing. All, almost always. Okay, this was almost never in my family to be honest. Oh you wow, know, really? Was, yeah, they they had some decent older albums, but they never really. I I never recall when they had music playing on that big fucking piece of furniture I was telling you about, that big, you know, the huge yeah, the big console, console thing. thing. Yeah. And the most it was used was for me, and again, I remember I remember listening to uh, Sgt. Peppers a lot on that thing, going into that room listening, to, and that was just one of the ones that they was I was always listening to over and over and over and over for whatever reason. It was there, handy, whatever. I liked it from all their music. Which is weird because Sgt. Pepper came out when you were like seven. Were like, yeah, so you were it, really it was young. a number of year, years after that that but I But still, it's funny, it. who, who bought that? Is my parents owned it. Yeah, okay. But they weren't big. Yeah, okay. They they liked the Beatles, I think, but my father just never really was into music at all. Never talked about the lyrics of a certain song. Or now I try to point him out. I said, this is a great song. And he was kind of like, oh, I don't you know why. I said, just listen to the words. And he goes, I really don't listen to the words. You know, so, the, so he's not really into Weird. it. Weird, okay. Yeah. So, but the most I used that piece of furniture for was, as we spoke before, uh, comedy albums. <laughs> It was so. Cheech and Chong and and uh, and uh, George, George Carlin and oh, somebody else too. So that's what I would I would do a lot over and over and over. But um, and then I, as I got older and had either friends that could drive, we'd get start going to concerts, buying tickets, and and that kind of thing. So, but Chicago just um, was not on. I want to go to the big popular stuff that was going on right then. You know, that which was would be big, which would have been them. Yeah, but Chicago wasn't the kids didn't really like Chicago. See, and that's then. what I was wondering about. That like so it was because they weren't because crowd. they weren't a band that the only the only and this is this really did this is something I really thought about afterward and I was just thinking, man, what fuck, I fuck it baffled me because here's the thing. I know that Rush was not a band that all teenagers listened to that's in the true. 70s. It, it was, was one the of my D&D yeah. fucking nerd, the marginalized type. And I figured that would go hand in hand with a horn band 
that I know my stepdad told me, he's like, I, he's like, I, I skipped out on so many class. He's like, I bet I skipped four or five days of school one, one year because Chicago was tour- touring around. And your stepdad's a little, uh, um, he's a little older than you, mm-hmm. but like still around the same time frame, like mid to late seventies when he was in high school, as opposed to your, you know, 80, 81. He, he's like, I, I skipped out on so many days to go see Chicago there's another band too used to tour with him. It was kind of another horn band that was all it was all horn. There's no pianos, nothing. I can't think of the name. They died in a tragic accident. Like most of them died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of them died. Like not a, not a little Leonard Skinner where some of them died. No, this mm-hmm. was like all of them died in an accident. Anyway, so um, yeah, he was like it was it was all of us band nerds would leave and we would just go see Chicago and they just kind of knew that there might as well not have practice that day because they would all be going to see Chicago. So I kind of figured band nerds were always marginalized. You listen to Rush. I thought maybe you were maybe in that same category, but apparently I don't know anything about the hierarchy well, of the 70s. Well, it could have been just my group of friends we hung out with. I don't remember anybody that was really into Chicago that was my age back then. I just don't remember. Maybe you were too you know, young. Stuff. Maybe. But I do know even, I mean, like, for example, and when I was in high school, I don't know if I was a junior or a senior, but I went to see Luciano Pavarotti. So that's not a normal thing a kid would do. No, no, but that's... Where the fuck did that come from? Did your parents go, we're going to go see Pavarotti? No, like, I, I took a, a date there. I, I took, How old were you? Uh, I was in high school, so I was either... I was 17 when I graduated, so I was either 17 or 16. Okay. So, because I remember it was junior or senior, I don't recall, but... Um, so, <laughs> that's so funny. But I, I remember he was, he was getting rather popular. I remember seeing him on some television shows and that kind of thing, and then my father told me that he was touring... And uh, he said, Alice and I are going to go, and we don't really want you to be there. And I went, uh, that's fine. And Because I, I kind of liked it. I didn't really buy any of his music, but it was, I recognized the talent. Of course. It was yeah. hard to avoid. It was like, mm, there he is. And uh, he said, you ought to go. And I went, why? And I wasn't really, I think at that moment I wasn't dating anybody. And he said, because it's not going to be, you know, it may not be forever. You can just go see in your hometown Luciano Pavarotti. Yeah, now you, can, now you can look back and say, like, I never saw Pavarotti. Right, I would have loved to, have seen, especially like the three tenors tour. Yeah. I would have loved yeah. to have seen that. It, it wasn't that at all. It was, it was a, um, it was a, it was a uh, an opera of some kind. He wasn't just singing pieces of music. Yeah, it was, and I, I don't remember what it was. Damn it! And uh, it was long. Oh my god, it was long. But it was, it was really fantastic. And um, so there was a woman that I, a girl that I knew, was she a woman? Whatever. And I think I used to help her. Or she used to help me do something at school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't remember what it was, but you know what, Joe? She was blonde. You know that was the problem hey, right there. There it is. That, that, yeah, that kicked, was that's that what happened. Off. That's why it didn't work yeah. out. So I saw, and then again, not too many years after that, or probably I think my father was the one that said because he knew I was into loud music, going to these concerts, and so he may have been the first one that said you ought to go check out a symphony. You know, you ought to do this too. And then I was starting to date. I think I took Paula, Paul and Paula to a couple different uh, symphonies. I'm so glad that I wasn't around for that because I I would have just, I would have really, really uh, hit that joke hard, way too hard. So that's when I, and then through uh, college and then I went away and then came back and I would go, I would still check it out, go in the Shakespeare Tavern there in downtown Atlanta. That was a shitload of fun. And if I get back to it, if I get, when I get back to it, I'm going to find their schedule and I'm going to go try to time it to go to the Shakespeare Tab, which is a, again, it's kind of a replica of the Globe Theater. It's a theater in the round. Yeah, which I built a model of in 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 uh, 
<laughs> in uh, it was it was in uh, English uh, was literature. It, was or it something. a diorama? No, it, it, it was about this. Um, how how tall is this? It was about this I, big, and it was a half. Just thing let the record state that it was. He just showed about, me that it was about three feet tall. Three feet tall, and it was it was a half. You know, came around because this is a podcast. It's not. Yeah, a, I can't. It's not, a, it's not, a, not a video podcast. But anyway, anyhow, so so that was cool. So of all those things on one end and then the hard rock and roll concerts that I went to, but kind of in between, which I'm, and that's not really, would be Chicago, maybe, maybe. I don't know if you can throw them somewhere in between. I feel like you've never even seen a live concert of, of Chicago. What do you mean? Because it's- Like uh, on TV? Like, like, yeah, like on TV. I don't or want to. Like that. I, <laughs> such an <laughs> asshole. I just, oh quit quit defending God. Chicago. I can't. I can't stop defending Chicago. Like, I don't I, hate them. Like I'm I, not going to shoot normally, them or something. I'm not going to get a sniper and go on a grassy knoll and just try to lead them, you know, a little bit and pick them off. I don't hate them. I'm just normally I can't. I can't. I can. I just wouldn't say this. Your opinion's wrong. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. fucking with you. You can have your opinion. It just. I found it peculiar because I started picking a part of my brain because I. It's you just you get to know someone so well and then you just kind of assume. Yeah. That you know them and you can I you can kind of anticipate. Yeah, like he has all this great like musical knowledge and great musical taste and can hear even newer things. It's not even older stuff. Like you can hear, like you said about the black keys, those guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, you can recognize that. So when I just assumed that you liked Chicago and you're like, yeah, I don't really like Chicago. It was now, like you told me that the sun wasn't real or the sky wasn't blue. It was like, the, what? The, the, the Black Keys is a good example, though, because I, I knew of the Black Keys, knew, right. knew some of their bigger pieces of music, but never really bought any, never really did any downloading of their music at all. And then I think that I talked to you or Mike, and he was you like— You both of us. We each told you a different yeah, album to Yeah, buy. you guys really got to do this. And so I bought a physical, or you guys did, even for Christmas or my birthday or something, and I bought some—I don't know what it was, but it was vinyl— and and then I remember just hearing them. Like, yeah, these guys. This is it. I can see why you guys like them so much. But what I'm my point is this: is that you say you trust my judgment of music. I, I have did. not. I have not really. I've not really gotten into it in the last handful of years because I'm doing other things. But but it's not like I. Um, you're. It's much broader. You you have you have so much knowledge in music. Like when Jeremiah was here and you guys were going or whatever the fuck. When it you was, just kind of. I'm sat. just gonna. I'm gonna sit back here and I'm gonna read the Quran for a the, while. <laughs> <laughs> haven't looked read that piece and it, it was know. funny because that's now happened three times because that happened like <laughs> it happened with chris lay yeah oh yeah happened with leonard yep happened with jeremiah yep. but then the last time you know when janie was on here and i just sat back for it it wasn't as long as i thought it was when you guys were talking about ayn rand right I'm fucking i don't know anything about that shit that's yeah, one of the few it, things that you don't because I you are, sat back and i'm like man i'm fucking right you are extremely knowledgeable with a lot of different things and Excuse me. It probably, I mean, because you're you're a voracious reader, or on occasion you are. You just go off in these. I don't mean occasion. I'm a like, binge reader. I think that that's what I. It I is think, right. I, honestly, I think that's what I go through phases where like I'll you don't just, read like, for a while. I, I read for a while, and then I'll just go ha- like yeah. like ape shit. Like I can feel it coming on now. Like I read. I've now read the first three Harry Potter books. For so those of you out there that like Joe's not really a Harry Potter fan. I'm finally. I'm three out of what is there seven books. Three out of seven. I've got them under my belt, so I'm kind of getting back into that. I I have to force myself to read those, but anyway, I digress. So so uh, and Phil I, Collins, and probably because a little bit of your of your yeah yeah well he is next. So um, the uh, so probably with your work and your schedule too, some at work, but then you have some days off in a row. 
you could probably kind of do yeah, a binge it, reading thing you to could a certain do, degree. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and I'll do things like that where I'll just, I'll get way into my own head and I'll need to get out of my own head. And by, I don't know, it makes some weird sense to me. I get out of my own head by getting into a book mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of escapism type of thing, but it, it seems to work. It's always kind of worked. I'll tell you what's replaced. And this is, uh, I started to read a little bit more. We spoke about that earlier on in our little podcasting career, because uh, we were going to read books and talk about them, which we only did one, which was the Celestine Prophecy. It's true. And um, which I still like and appreciate. And there were some other people I spoke to that said they're going to read it because they heard us talking about it. Wow, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Influencers. Yeah, so um, where was I? Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Stand by. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Oh, so I used to read at night. I remember I read the first time I read Celestine Prophecy was at night. Um, you know, getting ready for bed or, you know, turn the TV off a little bit early and read it on the sofa for a little while and then drag it, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, whatever, go to bed, and then read it again then until I fell asleep. And that's how I would read it. But now at night, it's listening to other podcasts and stuff. And I know you said you can't sleep to those. Can't it, do it. It, it knocks keeps, me out. Yeah, it keeps me awake. Yeah, but you're trying to listen to, yeah. which I am too. I'm focusing on what they're saying and all that. And then what happened is my brain kind of shifts around and I usually have my first dream is kind of based around what they're talking about. That's what happens to me. And I remember that when I wake up. If I wake up in the middle of the night, then I'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that. They And I have to go back and re-listen to it because I fell asleep within 10 minutes. And I think that's something that also bugs me is that if I did fall asleep through it, I'd miss it. And I don't remember. I, I wouldn't remember where I left off, and I have to go back and re-listen to it. That's annoying to me. Okay. I don't, and it's, I don't like leaving things unfunished. It, yeah. bugs, it bugs me. For the most part. So I guess, but, but if I were to read again, I don't know when it would be right now. I'd have to break that habit. I suppose, oh, you really, people should read more though. Honestly, it, it simulates your brain differently and yeah. helps you. It, it, it's just one of those things that you have to make time for. You know, John Waters? Roger Waters' brother? I don't think so. John <laughs> Waters from Maryland. Oh, okay. Baltimore. No. No, the director. Yes. Pencil thin mustache. Yes. You know, yes. he's kind of, yeah. Yeah. What it, John what? Waters has this great quote. He's like, the problem these days is that uh, not enough people read books. And he goes, here's a tip for all you young people out there. If you go out on a date with somebody, you go back to their house, and then you don't see any books laying around, don't fuck them. And damn sure don't have any babies with them. There you go. Like, that's, that's good. That's solid, good advice for an entire generation. It is. And if you can read, and it's not that difficult to do. If you could read, see, I'm not following my own advice right now, though, because nope. I, used to, I used to read more. But nope. if you could read, let's say, three or four good books a year even. You know, that would be, that's decent to have. In fact, you can have conversations with people about it, too, about about You can this, talk, uh, sit around and talk talk to people about how much you love to read, <laughs> exactly. which sounds like a boring topic, but it's really nice to, it, you'd be surprised at how many people you talk to have the same interests as you that you never would have thought that they had the same interests. Right. So, anyway, well, uh, how about we take a break, and we'll come back and uh, explore more of why Paul has terrible taste in music. Fuck you.
I think I think we're back. Good. Are we back? Are you back? I have a question, Joe. I love Cheddar Biscuits and Phil Collins. That would Chicago. be a goddamn nightmare if I went to someone's house and they were playing Phil Collins <laughs> and serving Cheddar Biscuits. Oh, fuck. That's funny. <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Do you, did you catch those gifts that I was sending you? Yes. With, with the, Phil, it was the Phil Collins, like, just kind of grooving. I think it was from the Sue Studio. Oh, my God. And the name of that song. <laughs> Dude, short, American, bald fucker. And, and then the American Psycho, the Christian Bale thing. Or I, sent, I sent you that one, and it says, do you like Phil Collins? Because he murders people, you know? And yes. Like, like, and he's playing the music. But he, I love that he picks Phil Collins and... Uh, I, I forgot. I saw the movie, but I forgot that scene. Like, what's he, is he killing them because they like Phil Collins? No, he's just killing them in general, but he's talking about Phil Collins. Okay. And, and I mean, that was... Well, he doesn't... Actually, I don't think he kills her. The, the first guy he kills is... Uh, is um, it's actually... Uh, Jared Leto, I played the Joker in the oh and and tons of he's been in tons of other movies too. God, I forgot about these yeah. details in that movie. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's he's it's one of my favorite movies. That's why. Oh no, it's good. Um, and I've seen it. Put it this way: I drove three hours to like southern, like the southern portion of Phoenix, to go see it at a little art house theater down there, so I could just see it in the theater, and it was like. 2009. I, that, that is a movie I only saw once. Like once. Am I uh, am I loud enough? Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some would say that you're too loud. <laughs> some. <laughs> Most. Some. Certain deaf people. Um. Yeah, are okay with it. Um, it's it's amazing that the baby in here because you know Ashley told me just talk normal. I went. Are you sure? Babies, they're not phased by stuff like that. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to be quiet around a baby. Uh, you know, I'm not. I use air horns and all yeah, sirens. The baby's sleeping. All like that's all bullshit, right? You're just supposed to act normal, be normal, so they can sleep well. Uh, I think so. I, so that they, yeah, I've heard. I actually, you're right. I've heard that before. Um, so that later on, they're not light sleepers or whatever. Yeah. So that's probably why I sleep well, no matter what, because I was born in a, a raised in an air force base. When when the, when the jet engines were actually loud, right? <laughs> well, it's like people that grew up, um, like Porsche. I think Portia has trouble sleeping when it's uh, too quiet because she lives really close to the train tracks. Now, not because of the train horn. It's just a train going by itself because she's like on a regular basis, 100 yards yeah. away, 150 yards away, maybe. Sure. And it's loud and you get used to it. It's kind of like when John Cusack in the, in the in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, when he was trying to sleep there in Savannah, I think I think didn't he bring a recording? Of, it, it, it was, was, it, was that movie? It was like gunshots the, and shit like or, that. Or, yeah, sirens on. like New York yeah. City because he's yeah, from yeah. New York, I think. Because he was that a down of the country. <clears throat> right. Y'all got any ice? Mm, Clint Eastwood's daughter is hot. Yeah, she was, was. She was fun, too, while watching that movie. Don't let Clint Eastwood hear that. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. He might be upset. But then again, the bad thing about it was, um, what's his name in the movie? Because we can't. Kevin uh, Spacey. I'm I'm not ready to give up on Kevin Spacey, even if other people are. Yeah, I know. He may have been predatory, and he may not have been. That guy's remembering back, you know, 20 plus, 25 years, almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, and you, and he, and with very, very little to no, assumingly no evidence, dis- single-handedly destroyed a man's career. Yeah, he did. One of the greatest actors of all time. So I'm not saying what he said was not true. I'm just saying there's no proof of it, and I fucking hope that it's true. That way that guy can sleep at night. 
because Kevin Spacey is hands down one of the greatest actors ever to ever, ever, ever live. Are they saying that he was, uh, I mean, spoke with this before. Are they saying he was, was still predatory or I, not? I don't know. I never heard anything else about it because it was so just, you know, just snap, bang, boom, done. Yeah. Dropped from House of Cards. They're not even finishing off the, the series properly the way they were going to before. Um, had like three or four development deal, deals where he was going to be doing these movies, and those are all dropped. The guy is basically fucking dead as, yeah. a, as an actor. Oh, yeah. He's done. Yeah. It, it, you know, any other per, any other human that wasn't rich beyond all fucking compare would be um, would be destitute. They'd be they would just, they'd probably put a bullet in their fucking brain. Yeah. Um, now I do know he's like part owner, I think, part owner of a theater in London, and he and like he's still managing that. Like he just kind of lives in London. Hmm. Yeah, I, that whole thing. See, there, there's, uh, there's so many different uh, sides to it. Are, are you gonna do that, Mel Gibson? <laughs> All right, for those of you listening to other podcasts and listen to the Rogan podcast, <clears throat> I haven't listened to that podcast because you told me one, he, Mel Gibson is not interesting. He's not at. All, I okay. Hate him because he's he is kind of a racist. He's an anti semite. He's a fucking asshole. He really is. He also was rigs, dude. I mean, come on. But I I still like his movies. I still will watch Braveheart every now and then. You know, you know. I still haven't seen Passion of the Christ. I saw it in the theater. That's all I needed to see. I I read the book. (laughs) The the book's way better than the movie. Did you see Snelling's (laughs) post yesterday? I don't know. I don't know if I did or not. I. I usually do, and I was like, yeah, usually I'm just like, Okay, everybody be ready for this. Okay, so we have a, well, I'm not going to, whatever. We know Snelling and his view about religion and Christianity, or all religions, with a, you know, imaginary play god in the sky Go, kind of Ghost thing. stories and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. So there's this really, maybe this is an old joke, but I saw it and went, oh my God. And I kind of, kind of laughed. So there's kind of a silhouetted sun's kind of going down. And there's like a photograph, if you will, if it could even happen back then, uh, uh, of this kind of this mountain in this orange sky. And it's a silhouette of Jesus carrying the, you know, cross. You can see it's a cl- oh. clearly a cross, <laughs> which is not how this. it happened. Apparently, he just had the cross piece when he was carrying. Is that true? I, I mean, we're I, all the, yeah, like, didn't carry the whole like, freaking cross. He carried the whole cross. <laughs> and this tag was world's worst kite. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> oh my god. I I saw that and oh. I you know, I cracked up and then saw who posted it and like, eh, right on Snelling. It's funny as hell. And so, it it would be a shitty kite. It would be There's, it's a factually I, it, it would it be true. It's factually true as yeah. opposed to most of the things said about the man, which are probably not factually true. Right. So I haven't seen Passion of the Christ. Do we want to get into a religion debate? Well, no, no. I, I'm no, just saying no I haven't seen it, but I, I like his. He was on a Rogan podcast recently about his father. But what was his treatment or some kind of a thing? Stem cell. It was a stem, stem cell, cell that's therapy. Right. His dad, I can't remember what his dad had. You probably remember all this. I, no, I didn't listen to the podcast. Okay. I didn't even listen to it because. Are you not going to? I probably won't because okay. it doesn't interest me in any way. Stem cell? Mel Gip- not really. Okay. Mel Gibson does not interest me. Knowing that now, no, knowing what you said and Kevin said, a few other people said that it's just really boring. Yes, and I know whenever Rogan does a podcast, and if it's under an hour and a half, it's not going to be good. I already know because he does that on purpose. It was right about an it. hour, which yeah. he never does an no. hour long. No, that's podcast. why I love listening to the Rhonda Patrick ones because they're like three and a half hours long. I love her voice. But he was talking. Yeah, she's sharp, and he was talking about how he was all. Now I didn't really. 
So apparently Mel Gibson would have a. He was clicking his pen clicking his the whole pen time. The whole time. That's awful. That's so awful. So how come you couldn't? Is is uh, is uh, is uh, Mel Gibson such an A-lister that Rogan couldn't say, "Hey, man, if you don't mind, put the pen down and don't do that." It's going to be really annoying to most of the listeners. Would you not want to say that to Mel Gibson? I I would. I would if you were sitting right here. Yeah. Like, Listen. All right. Actually, if he were sitting right here, I would go. Riggs, no, I'm getting too old for this shit. No, I, if you were sitting right here, I would tell him to take his pens out and put them away, put them somewhere, because please don't do that. I he's And he's not that much of an A-lister anymore. True. What was the last movie that he was in that you can name that uh, was really good? What was the last movie that we all know that he was in? Lethal Weapon 4. <sighs> wow. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, Payback? Uh, that came out after that. These are still a while ago, though. Ransom? There's mm. still like 15 years ago. I mean, really. Now, granted, he's like the, a lot of the older guys. Like, he got into making the movies, and he made Passion of the Christ, and he made mm. Apocalypto, which was really brilliant. And, uh, you know, the, those period pieces, which is pretty cool. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't be afraid. The dude's on my show. Like, I'm not going to be like, listen, I have a duty to my listeners to grill him. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he wasn't on there to talk about. He's like, "Listen, man, I, I'm not really an anti-Semite. I was drunk. I was spouting off a bunch of it. Like, he wasn't even on there to talk about that. He was on there to talk about stem cell therapy, and not even for fucking him. I'm sure you've heard the reco- recordings of him and the recordings of his. I girl, saw the video and heard the audio. He is a fucking dick. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck him. He right. made some art. He was a dick. That's true. Robert Maplethorpe was a dick too. I don't have a. Uh, we've spoken about this. We don't have a problem with, or I personally have a problem with watching a movie or reading something if someone is an artist. You know, I, I don't, whatever they do may be not a good thing or the most palatable thing, but if it's well, a I mean, good, if they're it, murdering it, kids or molesting kids or doing some horrible shit, then yeah. Sure. But there's, it's like with this Me Too thing, there's a very, there's a, there's varying degrees. Matt Damon caught some fucking flack for this and they expected him to back down. And he did. And he did yeah. not. He said, no, I'm, I'm right. Mm-hmm. And you people are fucking fanatics. Mm-hmm. You need to calm down. There are varying degrees. You want to tell me that there's that making a pass at someone or having quote a bad date with somebody, and you know potentially saying something to offend them is the same as getting raped. Fuck you. Yep. And I fuck you on behalf of all rape victims. Exactly. Because actual fucking penetrative rape is way fucking worse. And then let's talk about the people who did shit to kid little kids, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a there is a spectrum. It's varying degrees. Mm-hmm. And you know some and some of the shit that is out there that has been done to women and men, but mostly women. When we can say that, is really really fucking bad. But to say that they're all equally as bad, it's not the case. It's so not true. I haven't it's really been true. following a lot of this, so I, I'm kind of ignorant of. I, I know what's going on with the Me Too thing, but are there are there people out there that are publicly saying things that happen to them that really are not that big of a deal, but they're just piling it, on? You know what I mean? Like this happened with Aziz Ansari. I mean, it's not. It shouldn't say not big of a deal because what's a big deal to you is different to me. That's mm-hmm. different to whoever. But like Aziz Ansari, you know, he he, uh, the comedian you're familiar. Yeah, uh, he was accused a couple weeks ago of. Um, by a couple different women of quote unquote sexual misconduct. And when the one woman asked about the sexual misconduct, what she described was just a shitty date. <laughs> there was very literally what like other people said that like even women who are part of the whole me too like thing, like they're very big, they're outspoken mm-hmm. and they, you know, are like, that's not, that's you're dragging a guy out like through the mud and fucking up his career. Yeah. Because 
So it truly you guys was went out a, and had a couple drinks. It truly you was said just it was a shitty con- date. Is yeah, that, what, I mean, was she, there any what, details that yeah, she, she, she said, said that she like that uh, they you know picked her? He picked her up in an Uber, and we, they went there. And then like, they wait, wait, was, like, was that a problem? An Uber was a problem. I don't know if that was the problem. Maybe that start, maybe that set her off. What she <laughs> Uber it a, it's really? A, it's a microaggression, is what it, it was. Is he didn't have his own car? It wasn't a nice vehicle. Just <laughs> like I thought, Aziz Ansari would have a better car than this, but it was an Uber. I mean, Uber. It was a Honda Civic. If it, yeah, it was a, it didn't even do the upgrade he of the nicer the, Uber. It, it was an Accord. It wasn't even an Acura. Yeah, what, no. what, what, what's the range of Uber you can get? What, what's the, how do you the Uber, classify the Uber X is normal is the regular one. Uber XL is the, like the nice one. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> no, she ended, what ended up happening was they had some drinks, they had dinner. Um, when he invited her back to his place, and she's he she basically said he should have responded to my nonverbal cues that I wasn't comfortable. Instead, what happened was they continued to make out, and she blew him. And then he offered, "Hey, do you want to do you want to hang out or what?" And she's like, "No, I want to go home." But she never once told him that she was uncomfortable. She never once did any of those things until way after the fact, and decided, "I I don't know what her motives are. I don't know this person." I don't know who she is. All I know is is that she kind of got lambasted by a lot of people because when pressed for details, she saw the details, and a lot of people said one. The funniest one I heard, and I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Tina Fey, who's been very <laughs> oh, out, yeah. outspoken with this you sure. know, movement, which is great. Um, you you have to be this this movement is great for everybody. But you have to be you have to be really careful. That's what Tina Fey was saying, and she's like, "What this woman was describing is a bad date. It was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you maybe maybe you're not famous. He's famous. You're, you you he asked you out on a date. You went out on a date. Did everything else? Didn't do mm-hmm. like didn't try to hold your hand when you didn't want to. He didn't want to try to do this. Da-da. Um, offered to pay when you said, yeah, um, how about we split it? I'd feel more fair. And he said, okay, that's fine. He didn't try and do that. Like so hyper-masculine, I'm the man, I'm paying. Mm-hmm. Didn't do any of that stuff. None of the things that are indicative of being one of these assholes. So, uh, and then she she had a bad date. That's what Tita Fey said. She's like, what you're describing is a bad date. So, so I've had worse dates than that that didn't feel like sexual assault. So specifically, again, to split more hairs, what was the specific, specific thing she felt uncomfortable about? He didn't... That he didn't respond to her nonverbal cues that she was uncomfortable. Nonverbal cues. Yeah. That's the big problem that a lot of people have. Well, nonverbal cue could be a punch in the face, but she didn't do that, well, obviously. Yeah, she... Obviously. I, I yeah. think what she was more referring to is the fact that maybe she was just uncomfortable. It's not like he... And she, when pressed, they said, did he force himself on you? Well, No. no. Okay. Well, what did he do that was improper? Well, he should have responded to my nonverbal cues that I was uncomfortable. Like what? And then she just kind of mumbled and didn't like have anything else to say, which is why it fizzled out. You don't hear yeah. Aziz Ansari being having shows canceled and shit like that because it was bullshit. Yeah. But for like, I feel bad for that dude. For like, uh, I don't know. It's like I know somebody who, uh, you know, he's okay. I know somebody that you know years and years and years ago was falsely accused of them some things. Got trumped up on some charges, um, ruined an entire year for the guy. It, actually, longer than that, a year and a half, until it finally came out that the girl was lying. And she was lying about what she said, and she came out with it. And then she got in deep shit for it. He got let off the hook, but God damn it, if 
you know, that doesn't fuck your head up and give you some trust issues if that shit happens to you. So, like, what's Aziz Ansari supposed to do now for a girlfriend? Now, every time he wants to go out on a date with somebody, first off, it's already hard for him to do that because he's world fucking famous. Yep, yep. And then after that, like, on top of all that, he's got, you know, he's afraid some woman's going to try and accuse of, uh, him of something. It's fucking horrible. It's fucking bullshit. It's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. But by that same token... The literally millions of women who've been victimized who don't have a voice. That's fucking terrible, too. That's just as bad. It is. But I, I don't know. So he, she probably got swept up. I wonder if she wanted to be famous because she had a date with him or she got swept up in the moment. Everybody is, you know, confessing or bringing up this happened to them. And now, you know, it's this huge thing. Everybody's right. now and now everybody feels safe to come out and talk about their bad experiences. So. She was one and of them. She just oh, kinda, I had a bad one too. I had a bad one too. Me like, too. No, you, you didn't right. Which it's again, it's what we've talked about before several times. When you want to be part of a movement like that, you end up fucking things up for everybody else who really yep. did have problems. Just like the yep. celiac bullshit, or not celiac bullshit, but the gluten free shit. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna diminish the actual uh, act the actual people that have had really actual like actual uh what am i trying to say here terrible circumstances as opposed to your shitty date yes yeah, it's, yeah, it's hey up. speaking yeah. of uh, gluten-free which has nothing to do with this or what i'm going to say has nothing to do with it we had uh all, all you local people in the kingman area we had uh, lunch yesterday at uh which was not gluten-free at uh, garibaldi's it was not gluten-free yeah yeah, but man, Garibaldi's Garibaldi's is the shit. Luigi Garibaldi came out and talked to us. That was pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, I, he, I'm sure you he does that with everybody. Like, but he's, he's, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi walked out and he's like, "Hey," and introduced himself. And like, if he if he would have been more sinister, like in his attitude and mannerisms, mm-hmm. I would actually have been intimidated because he looks like a stereotypical Italian. He looks like his name is Luigi. It and does. Like, Holy shit, his name is Luigi. Great chef, yeah. Really, I mean, just totally getting his shit together at at uh, or having has his shit together at Garibaldi's, and it's. I mean, right now they're only open for lunch. What is it, Monday through Thursday? Monday through Thursday yeah. from eleven to two, I think. Not to plug them too much. Not like they gave us any like a free meal or anything, but I, I just, I, it was so nice to go. I've always said that Kingman doesn't have a lot of um, mid-level restaurants. Yes, there's a lot of fast food. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of garbage restaurants. Right. And there's a handful of yeah, and of course downtown really you've got expensive. you've got a, you got the you got the you know several places that are decent downtown, but he, he's a little bit uh, not a, a, higher a notch, bit higher notch, and you know, and the prices reflect that. It's not like it's it's not incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. but it's definitely reasonable, and it's definitely reasonable for what you get. Oh yeah, because the quality was phenomenal. So what did you have? Uh, I had a like spaghetti type noodle, and uh, and it was a sirloin. Was it sirloin? I think yeah, it was, it was sirloin. Uh, that's right, grilled sirloin steak with a uh, a um, garlic cream. N- yeah, but it was also uh, no wait, it was uh, damn it, sun dried, sun dried tomato. Yeah, and it was uh, and we had some we had some garlic bread though as a appetizer kind of thing. It was actually the garlic cheese bread, cheese bread. Excuse Holy me, yeah. shit, and it was good. It was really good, and the bruschetta, which was also delicious. Yep, and we were there, me, you, and Lisa. And it was good. I'm glad we went down there. It was it was a fun day. Yeah, I it's I feel bad too because I, I almost always forget about uh, forget about spots like that when I'm down there for lunch because I'm actually not downtown for lunch very often. Well, I'm not either because my business is a little further out. And then I can't remember what spurred this on because I wanted to go. Oh, I know what it was. It was because we're having that soft opening of 
a holistic homestead. Yeah, and I said, well, I would kind of want to do that just because it's new and it's downtown. We're trying to promote downtown as much as we can. So we said, let's have lunch. You were off. And let's go down there. And Lisa said, hey, you know, she was off. So we all met up and went down there. It was good. All three, first time for all of us. That's I right. Believe. Which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Lisa had never been there either. It was, I, I, meatballs were delicious. Everything was good. And then the free cannolis. Yeah. Which I've never had a cannoli before. and Which was shocking. Yeah. Man, was it good. Not a lot of Italians in Ohio, though. No, in not general. really. Like, not, yeah, not more not Germans think than of. there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like I, I mean, I grew up having like eating Italian food and whatnot, but I've never had. I just never had a cannoli before. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. So yeah, he's only open uh, not full week and only a few hours. He does a lot of catering, and as I understand it, his ultimate plan is is to be open more. Right. Not with just more days, but also for dinner at some point. But I can see that. I mean, Keeman's not a big town. It takes a while to get the word out, and I think once he starts getting too crowded during lunch, he'll say, "Okay, I'm going to open up another day, maybe," and then. A couple, like a night or two of dinner, maybe. It just seems to me that that's how he's going to do this. Yes, as opposed he does to as a, once a month, as opposed to opening up everything right now and boom, and then go, holy fuck, he hires some people and then it doesn't work out. Exactly, right. it's you have to you have to fine tune it. It's like, a, yeah. uh, oh man, I forgot him. I forgot his name already. His restaurant's El Bouilly. Uh Ferran Adria. Ferran Adria had this had a restaurant that world the, the the best restaurant in the world. Mm-hmm. El Bouilly, it's in Spain, it's on the coast. So I assume then it's going to be Michelin star thing? Three stars. Okay. Three star Michelin for like 12 years, 14 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Rated the best restaurant in the world. He 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 just, just brilliant. Only open, God, I want to say May to October. Nice. And he, then he gives us, he's, he's done October 1st, done. He gives his staff October, October, November, and December off. Right after the first of the year, he assembles his staff, and then from from mid January until they open in May is them working on recipes. Wow! And they will invite like you can invite one person on like a Saturday afternoon to come and sit with you and you cook, and then so you'll have you know twenty people in there. Which is like they call that like there's a book that Anthony Bourdain wrote about it. Bourdain meaning being one of the the most famous chefs out there, most famous people in the more world. More recognizable. And, he's out. Yeah, he's out and there. Even he only he didn't get invited until like the last year that they were open, <laughs> like in 2012. Yeah. So and, and he wrote a book about the experience. That's how it was. Like he got wow. in, he got invited to go part of, be part of the testing the test audience. But that like, must have been fantastic. Oh my god! Like just the reading the book is like what the fuck. But that's how you do it with a high-end restaurant is if you if you want to get it right, you just test and test and test and test. That's why he does those uh, dinners, and he's only open for lunches. You okay over there, Chief? I'm good. You just took a... I don't know. what. I, no, I think it was fine. All right. You took a swig of coffee, I'm and I'm afraid... No, it was good. It was fine. You're now chewing your coffee. <laughs> is it? How's the mouth feel on no, that it's coffee? Fine. It's rather chewy. It's like a it's strong good. cab. <laughs> um anyway yeah garibaldi's check it out hey anyway. um what current restaurants and a year ago we talked about this but what right now because it shifts around are are there any current michelin star rated right now in vegas yeah i think there's three because at one time there was one yeah there's a uh, um gi savoy mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's what it is. is that i think i think shit 
what else? I think you we're got, having a close encounter out here. What is that? Thought I heard a. Yeah, yeah I hear. I hear some. Good, yeah. I hear some low frequency. Was that you? Bonk. You know the. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want to watch Klaus Encounters, man. Klaus, so cool. Klaus Encounters? Klaus? It's a German. <laughs> Klaus und... <laughs> I'm Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> oh, God. Look at my mashed potato fountain. Okay. Okay. Let's rein it in. We've had a Klaus lot of caffeine. Klaus und Stefan. Klaus und Stefan. This place has Stefan everything. This place has everything. Flying saucers. Coffee. My son. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle you right pass now. Out. I, yeah, me too. It's too much goddamn caffeine. Uh, thanks again, uh, old Bisbee Roasters, They're keeping for keeping us wired and fired. Oh shit! I feel like I just did a bump. Oh my. <laughs> anyway, Michelin star in in Michelin Vegas. Star in what we're talking like, about? Yeah, there's like geese boy. There's uh, there's. Um, I don't know if that restaurant is Michelin star, but I know that the chef that put it there is at his three other restaurants is Momofuku, which is David Chang's restaurant. There's one at, at Cosmopolitan. Do you think there's any Michelin star restaurants where the chef comes out at the end of the meal dressed like the Michelin man? Uh, yeah, no, I probably not. I don't think <laughs> it's messed up too, because people, they it's know the Michelin star. it's the same company yeah. <laughs> because it goes back to an automobile club. And Michelin is a French tire company, mm-hmm. and they, back in the 1920s, 1930s, to get people to buy more tires and travel, they buy more tires. <laughs> Gotta wear these tires out. Yeah, they wanted them to travel more, so they put together a travel brochure for France, and then it, and then it went all over to, and, all over and, Europe, and then it just spread everywhere. Interestingly enough, the first restaurant wasn't like a block or two away. It was like... It, yeah, probably, crazy how that the was. The first <laughs> restaurant, you got to travel 300 or so 400 was, miles. You gotta, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fucking how many kilometers Kilom- i'm sorry yeah kilometers not miles uh yeah I, I can't think of any other michelin stars i know that i uh, and none of them the chefs hang out there i'm fairly certain i have never emerald, been, been to one emerald doesn't, doesn't have any michelin stars so don't you people fucking try and shout that out because that's fucking horseshit that, I, dude, that dude can't cook fucking I, better than hardly anybody i have um not been to one i would like to do that a Michelin starred restaurant? Sure. Yeah. Why not? What the fuck? Uh, my, I will eventually get up to um, uh, the French Laundry, which is uh, Tom Thomas Keller's. Oh, that's joint in, up there in, in, Cal- in uh, California, Yountville. Yeah, up uh, Sonoma, Sonoma, mm-hmm. Napa, Napa mm-hmm. County. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of the two. It's uh, high end, whatever. Oh, but I, you know, the, you know how I make the roast chicken. It's like super simple on a bed of like a. How who does? You do? I do. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. Roche, that's his recipe. Oh, that's a, that came from a staff meal. He serves that. It's two hundred and fifty dollars a, a you know a, to sit down and have like a twenty five course meal. But you can go there for what they call a staff meal, and it's like fifty bucks, and it's just roast chicken. It's that roast chicken, the same recipe. It's just that's what they they it, made for the. Family. Is that kind of like the? Um, I know Alice's stepmother in Atlanta does this occasionally with one of her best friends. <clears throat> excuse me, and um, whether it's the chef's table. What, what they do, I think it's what it's called. Am I fucking this up? Probably. Okay, yeah. No. It, it, they have a, um, oh, I shouldn't even talk about this because I'm, I'm going to, I feel like either I'm going to nail it or I'm just totally wrong. But at a, not some nicer restaurants, they do this thing 
I think they call it the chef's table, and they set a couple of tables near the kitchen, and the rest of the restaurants closed down. And so a couple times a year, maybe, or a few times, maybe once or once a month, I don't know, they do a special thing where you go, you don't even know what they're going to be making, but you go there, it's a handful of bucks, and, and again, the whole restaurant's closed, but a few tables that are near the kitchen. That's kind of like a test. Well, yeah. Yeah, I th- it's probably called chef's table. That's I, I've never heard it called that before, okay. but it's a test. It's a testing. It's like what I was talking about with El Buyu, where yeah. they but they do. They're hot, so fucking ridiculous. Like it, you don't. I don't even know how much it costs to eat at El Buyu mm-hmm. because there's they were so exclusive. It's closed down now. So like, but at a more reasonable restaurant, mm-hmm. um, they would have do a, a test. You know, yeah. like for probably for regular customers or for you know uh, people that are in there all the time, maybe once or twice a month. High end clientele th- people who are influencers, people that will talk about it. They would probably invite, get it. You could get invited to something like that. And, and that sounds great. And I don't think that was her. Yeah. I think she had, um, I think her friend's daughter worked there or something. It was some connection. It, yeah. you, you can't just do that. You, you have to be, and that was a connection that they, they had, which would be so, yeah. phenomenal. I would love to do something like I, that. Uh, be, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Great. Great. It's a great day for it's, the race. Um, there was something you were going to talk about. Um, and I forgot I what it was. I don't remember what I was going to bring uh, up. During the break. I forgot what it was. It's, it's really annoying. This is why I'm never going to listen to that episode. <laughs> I will never listen to that episode of Rogan. You can't do it. Sorry, Joe. Um, what is going on this weekend? I don't know. Nothing. Oh, I know what they're doing. What's going to, we, see, we can't talk about what's going on this weekend. It's going to be a, a week late. Yep. We can't do that. Can't do that. that. Can't um, do that. Can't do that. Should we take a break? Yeah, yeah, let's take a break. All right, cool. Let's take a break and we'll figure our shit out. Got it. Listen to some music.
We're back. More cartoon casual. And there's something serious we have to talk about. Yeah? Not right. It's not really that serious. Like, not right now. Can be. I mean, yeah, it could be. (laughs) We were discussing off air about the flu and some of the misconceptions about the flu. I'm not here to educate anybody. I'm just letting you know most of you people are fucking wrong. But people if, are talking if, about a lot more this year because this is a nasty it's flu season. It's really bad. We've had a lot of people die locally. And I've seen, I think the CDC <clears> said <throat> that it's up to like 9,000 cases in the U.S., which is... <laughs> 9,000 deaths? No, 9,000 cases of, of influenza. Like actual, like cat... I know that sounds like, it sounds like a low number. It's an extremely low number. You have to understand how many people out there actually have it that don't ever get go through and get diagnosed completely. Okay. Yeah. And the season's only like half over. So forget that number, for, but for, there are for, a lot of people that we know that have been yep. sick. Yep. And you say it's hospitalized. Sick. When, again, when's the peak supposed to be? Cause I'm, I'm going to be going on a plane. I think we're in the, a couple of weeks. And then within the next two weeks is the peak. Oh, fuck. Yep. <laughs> You're going on a plane. I don't want to. How many people go on there with with with, 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 with a mask? This American Pie, like you should sing American Pie while you're on yeah. this. You get real dark. How many people go on a plane with with a with an actual surgical type mask? Probably not this? enough. <laughs> well, there's no question. It's not enough. <laughs> Just don't yeah. make out with anybody, man. Practice good hand hygiene and don't touch your face you, and stuff like that. That's impossible to do. You just did it just now. I know. And I'm, I have to get my nose. Yeah, I understand that. Carry your hand sanitizer with you. Sanitize up like mid, you know, mid forearm. Just be safe about it. Just don't be don't be dumb about it. Not dumb, I, but I, d- just be cognizant of it. How but about also, you, how about if you wait, put hand sanitizer on your hands and your arms, and then you touch something and then touch your face? Does that help? You need to do it again. Yeah. You know how hard it is to yep. to touch something. If you're on an airplane, every fucking thing you touch. Somebody else is caught. Really. I don't know we, why he all, is texting me. We've got right a lot now. of episodes. We've gone a lot of episodes without getting hearing that interruption. So I'm glad you're bringing it why, back. Why? Uh, why? Um, no, you can't do, like on an airplane. You walk in. You touch. You you touch the handle. Put your fucking thing away. And you're then s- don't touch your face. Armrest. And then there's the tray table. Yep. And there's the bathroom doors. And there's and there's the guy next to you who's coughing and not covering his mouth. Oh my god. You may get flu. No. No, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you might, you might, well, you might. Remember the very young, the very old, which <laughs> 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 that's fucked up. Um, Fifty four is not the very old. No, and we, I, I we were talking about that. I was talking about this with somebody the other night, like how you know, uh, old, you know, oh well, old is this, and I'm like, no, old is kind of a state of mind, yes, but also. When it comes to uh, immune systems, you have, like you, you next year, you technically, or this year, you technically fall into the category of, quote, elderly. Ah, but you're not, exactly, you're not elderly. Just like Jack and Linda and my friends of Bullhead, right. they're not elderly. They're in their fucking 70s. Right. Like, they're not elderly in the way that they act or in, the, in their health, but people, but there's people that are 45 that are not in as good a shape as you. Well, they're, well, a, sure. a, you know what I mean? So like it, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a weird gray area. But the thing is, is that there's all these misconceptions. Like people think that the flu is nausea and vomiting. Right. Influenza in adults, that is not, those are not symptoms. And we talked about that earlier. So yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not people are screaming. What about when mom, like you said, what you got a stomach flu? Remember? I remember my mother used to say it, that, and you were a kid. Stomach flu, it's yeah. wrong. And I remember puking a lot when I was uh, a kid. 
Well, that's maybe bad food. No, it wasn't that. But don't do kids nowadays if they're four, five, six to ten, puke. Yeah. During the, I don't mean after they eat like a you know a hundred tacos and a and a in a in a, a, a Twinkie bomb and then go on some ride, on at the fair. I mean, they get sick. Kids get sick. I mean, right. They, you know, they. Puking. I remember staying home from school, like for like for usually like three or four days. Yeah. Of puking. Probably wasn't flu. Okay. Actually, I take that back. That it. Okay, I said before in adults, in kids, it's it's commonplace. Okay. To have to have uh, the actual a stomach flu- virus influenza will present with nausea, vomiting, aches, pains, fever, or feverish feeling feverish, even though you may not have a fever, mm-hmm. you know. And but in adults, it's not nausea and vomiting is not those are not they don't they just don't they don't mm-hmm. people don't believe me. Go to the CDC website. But anyway, okay. no, I just it's just interesting that because I, I work at the hospital, I see all this shit, and uh, I mean it's really a dark that dark. Fact is, you know, uh, super busy in in in, uh, in uh, intensive care last week. Lots of patients, or two weeks ago. Portia worked the other night. She had a week off. That was her thing. She she had a week off from from work. Can you talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we can. T- I mean, it's public knowledge. It's, okay, it's it's public knowledge. Not HIPAA violations are only for identifying patients specific and specific people. But okay. specific people, I'm not. Okay. So I mean, there's there there. When I left, uh, like Tuesday morning, seven a.m., there were you know twelve patients or whatever in the in ICU. When Portia returned the next week, um, after I had already worked another week, so like seven eight days later, there were three patients. Mm-hmm. Half of them died. Wow, that's how bad it is. And there's people out there that are just doing really dumb shit, like. They're really sick. They don't have the flu, maybe, but then their kid's sick or their spouse is sick, and then they go and they don't go to the doctor. They do this, do that, and then they or they go to the hospital. Then they get infected with something else, or they get they're infected with something else. Then they get the flu because their immune system is suppressed. So the best thing you can you can do is to, if you can at all costs, stay away from the hospital. Just stay away from the hospital. If you're sick and you think you have to, or whatever you. I mean, unless you have to. <laughs> it's like the worst. Basically, don't do anything with modern medicine. I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Find an onion and cut it in half and rub it on the soles of your feet. Uh, you know what I'm saying, though. I know exactly if what you're you can saying. stand. You're like, oh, I'm really sick. But if you can keep fluids in you and, and rest and stay yeah. away from people, if you can just do that. I mean, there is Tamiflu out there. Like, if you're in the mid-range, the the... If you're in the, you know, not super young, not super old, mm-hmm. and not immune, you know, immune, immune uh, suppressed or compromised in any way, then, you know, rest up, fluids, you know, treat mm-hmm. your symptoms and it'll pass. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're required to being in the healthcare industry to get the flu shot. Yep. And from what I understand, and I've, I've known you for a handful of years. Every freaking year I talk to you, it's like, well, this year's flu shot's not really doing very good for all the f- it, It's every last few years, it's been like this. It, but it's not been as low as it was this year, I think, I, if I remember correctly. I know that it's a hovering around between 10 and 15% effective. effective. Usually it's like 25 to 30%. Which is still not very much. It's really, I thought it'd be it, like it, up in the 80s or 90s or no, something. No, because you can't predict it. And the virus mutates so, so quickly. But this sounds like a real public service announcement from... From uh, the from car- the folks at Cartoon Casual, but it's really not. It's more like I find it fascinating that this year's flu is just so much worse. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's like double. Is it's, this, it's, not, it's not like a rising trend. This is going to be a spike on the graph. How long have you worked at the hospital? Uh, 2009. So like December 2009. Nine years. So, yeah, so it was just nine eight years. Or just nine eight years. years, yeah. Is this the worst you've seen there yes. so far? Yeah. By a fair margin? It's, yeah, and the email that they sent out a few weeks ago said it's the worst in like 12 years. So, but what's interesting is you you have not contracted the flu this year. Nope. Not yet. Uh, Here's the hoping. When, you, when you're working, do you have a mask on? No. No. Do you think about that? Uh, sometimes, here and there. Not really. Um, I, I also don't have a lot of patient contact. Um, I know people that do. Mm-hmm. And the people that, honestly, the people that wear masks are the one the, the ones that wear masks are the same type of people that, that like, are out in the real. Okay, I take that back. There are certain precautions you should take when you go into a patient's room if you know for a fact that they're positive for, for flu or TB, anything else that would be what they call droplet precautions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't have, I don't really have those problems because I don't have to, I can go and have patient contact if I want, mm-hmm. if I want to help, you know, help transport a patient, help do this, help boost a patient up in bed or something like that if I want to help somebody. But I can just choose not to. And I pretty much don't during flu season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know plenty of uh, you know nurses and aides and doctors that don't use masks during flu season because they know that if they practice good hygiene, then they're not going to have to. It's not really a worry because it's all kind of programmed into your mind anyway. Working there, it just takes a while to get used to it and what, not to touch your face. It, 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 it takes thing. You know, like for some people, it's almost immediate. Like my like second day at the hospital when I was training, mm-hmm. I walked into a patient's room. I didn't glove up because I wasn't going to be touching a patient. I was going to be t- touching anything. I was just observing. But uh, I... But what if some, you went in, the, went in there and there was uh, something happened emergency-wise and you had to... I'd have to glove up. Well, when you shouldn't I, you have I, gloves on there just in case? Right. Yes, you're, yes, you're right. Just wondering. I don't just know. Just like this. my trainer was right when she's like, you probably should have had gloves on, stupid. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, all it was is a guy asked me, he goes, hey, uh, hey, can you help me move these? Because uh, we did, did an EKG on him. His legs were exposed. He's can you help cover my legs? It's kind of cold in here. And I did... And I use an ungloved hand. And I put my thumb into a what can best be described as a pile of mucus. Nice. It was gross, and it was so big it covered my entire thumb. Oh my god! And it Joe. came off of the thing, and he's like, "Sorry, I had a coughing fit earlier." And Jesus God. <laughs> The it's aide nasty. that was in there, she started gagging and walked out. I just had my thumb like in front of me, thumbs up with this big plot of uh, like a, this fucking like a fucking lung biscuit on the on my thumb, and I just walked to the bathroom. And this is so gross; it was too thick to go down the sink, so I had to put it in the toilet. I'm flush. Gonna, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> and I washed my hands. I washed my hands and sanitized and I never ever walked into a patient's room without putting gloves on ever again. Fine. <laughs> the, exactly the point. It was so stupid. So, it, was, it was so one of the one of the dumber things I've ever done. But you have I'm gonna assume there's a lot of people working at the hospital now that are sick that are staying home because they're sick from the flu. Yeah and there it, it was you know there's People talk about, especially, especially in, 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 I don't even know if, I don't know if I shouldn't even say North America, I should just say the United States. We have such a heavy duty work ethic. It's like you're, you, you, you get in trouble if you stay home, if you're sick or used to be, you would get a talking to if you stayed home, you know, being Mm -hmm. sick. 
and uh, and and now not so much because uh, you can't really come. To, you shouldn't be coming to work because you're coming to work and you're infecting everybody, mm-hmm. uh, especially people that have like they have kids that go to school and they're like touching their their butt and their eye and their mouth and they they like they just get the fecal oral contact is like a bad it's a, just bad and kids are really bad about it then they bring it home then the parents are like oh it's just a minor sore throat and then they get to work and halfway through their shift they realize that they have you know flu so they have to go home mm. you know it's bad it's just bad so now it's like there's a there's it, things are starting to kind of change a little bit when it comes to that work ethic thing of whether or not you should stay at home. Because they're I, constantly, I mean, there's flyers and shit all over the hospital now that says, if you feel in any way, shape, or form a little bit off, stay home. Just stay home. I wonder if, um, I wonder what the most common, I mean, if we can do this, this, or this, this, but I would like to know what the most common way that people touch something or if it's, if it's airborne, if you're in like a, again, a bus or an airplane and someone's coughing and that's how it is. Or if it's, you touch a doorknob and then touch your face. I want the number one way. It's probably touching. I would say touching something that somebody else just touched. Mm -hmm. They touched their face. Then they touched that thing. Then you come along and touch that That thing thing, and then then touch touch your your face. face. Period. So it really, it has, it's all to do with your face. A lot of it has to do with your face because it's mucous membranes. People should just get rid of you have your, your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Just get rid of your face. Yep. We'd be more evolved as human yeah, beings. Yeah, just wear a helmet everywhere, yeah. like a, just a full spacesuit. How about the KKK? Um, oh, the hood? The I don't know. Oh, oh, maybe. Some of those come down pretty far, <laughs> right? And if you, <laughs> but there's still eye holes and mouth holes. But but if you had your KKK hood on, and and you had the slits in there, can't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, you're say your say your eye your nose itched or your eye kind of itched near your nose. So ridiculous! No, it's not. And then <laughs> you wash your hands first. No, no, and then because the KKK are very hygienic people. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can you. That's why I could never be in the KKK. I can't wear white to save my fucking life. Yeah, I would sit on this or get this dirty or like spill something, shit my pants or something like yeah, that. It like, just, it'd it'd really just, show it up just, bad. So that's why I couldn't be in the KKK. <laughs> that's the reason you've been staying out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like like you've gone to the meetings before, but you said I just can't. I, just, I, I can't, can't wear, wear the white. Can't, Something's going to happen to I it. I can't believe you guys wear white after Labor Day like that. <laughs> but if you had an itchy nose or an eye or something like that, you could actually actually take the cloth, the white cloth, and then take your hand and kind of use the cloth and kind of scratch your eye or your nose yeah, you, without yeah. touching your face. This is this is ridiculous. Really? It is, and this is why the CDC is in the South. <laughs> they are. I told you I drove right by. I freaked out because I knew it was in Atlanta. Did you hold your breath when you drove by the I CDC? probably <laughs> turned the fans off and held my breath, and it was, I don't know what, what I did. Did you ever watch The Walking Dead? Yeah, that's filmed in Atlanta. Yeah. That's why I asked. I only watched a little bit of it, and no, I didn't, didn't really get into it's it. It's absolutely shit. It's a shit show. It? Not a shit show. A shit show. Shit, it's just shitty show. It's boring. Yeah. It's boring. It's it's. Yeah, it's just not good. I did like that. Though. I knew it like it, because like, I never really read this. It was like a graphic novel first, you know, like mm-hmm. a comic book for adults. And uh, I was like, oh, this is in Atlanta. Oh, and it's about the diseases. Oh, I'm sure this, this shit's going to get wrapped up like it was released from the CDC. Guaranteed. Like, why isn't the CDC, why isn't there a building this below ground with no signage? Why just have this big advertising? You know, some terrorist could walk in there with a fucking bomb and just... I'm sure that most of... Like, that's just an admin building. Okay. I'm sure that most of their shit is unmarked and underground and not anywhere near Atlanta. Okay. 
Like I know that You're they have hopefully. research facilities there in in the Atlanta area. Well, I'll tell you about a fucked up thing with the CDC right after 9-11. You know, this is just bullshit. So they were talking about, because we were talking about uh, people taping up their windows. Yeah, with the anthrax and, bullshit. And they've been anthrax and all that kind of crap. And I remember the the official guy at the CDC was on the news because people were talking about people sending anthrax through the mail. It's going to contaminate other mail and that kind of stuff. And he said, and he said verbatim, no, it, anybody that sends stuff through the mail, envelopes are sealed up and they can't really. And I went, really? He said that. And one second later, I knew he's wrong. Because if you look at an envelope itself, the adhesive stuff does not go all the way to the corners. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not sealed up. And I thought, what a fucking stupid statement. I knew this already and I had envelopes in my desk. What was he, drawer. like an intern at the CDC and they're no, just like, he, we don't he, want to talk about he, this, he that guy. He wasn't just an idiot. It was, it was a kind of a real person. Are you sure? That, yes. Mm. Yes. I just feel like that I, that played out like after 9-11, they're like, okay, okay. People are talking about sending an anthrax. This is like a meet, backdoor meeting at the CDC. People are sending anthrax through the mail, or that's what they're saying. People can die. Lots of people are going to die. But we can't say that. What are we going to do? All right, we're going to tell them bullshit? Okay. I can't bullshit them because I can't keep a straight face. What about you, Frank? No. Ro- Roger? No. Hey, where's the new guy? Hey, <laughs> intern. Come so, here. what's your what's your name? What's your? I don't get. No, just make up a name. Make up a name for this guy, and then he had to go out and say and say oh, they're they're sealed, so it's fine. <laughs> it don't worry. So what, what they were trying to do? I love America. I'm guessing what happened, but it, it was kind of fucked up because it probably didn't want everybody to panic about their mail. So, right, so in other words, right. don't say that it can leak out, which is a fact. You know, so and it's anthrax spores, if I remember right. Is so that what it was? It's like a little pad, uh, it's like a powder. Uh, yes. that, I think that's how yeah. that works. Yeah. So let's just lie to the American people on national television, live on CNN. Yeah, that's the fake news. That's what that's CNN the, is. actually the norm, that's the normal news everywhere. <laughs> it's normal news. <laughs> do you do you mean to tell me that the government might be lying to the American public to, no way. to control their safety and so that people don't go completely nuts? No way. I don't I don't see it happening. Um, Wrong. Uh, sad. I was going to talk about the hashtag sad. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you another thing about that. I was going to go back to the flu, though, Joe. I was going to ask you a question. Uh, I probably don't know. Uh, no, it was about, oh, yeah, but you do know this. So, so for some people, the flu can last a while, this, especially this strain, right? If you're a normal, healthy it, person and you contract the flu and you've got it, this strain. Four days. Four days. Yeah. They call it five you, for the hell of it. If you treat your symptoms properly. Okay. If you don't go and go, oh, I need fucking Powerade. Don't drink Powerade. Drink Powerade. water. I know people Never that do saw. that. They're like, well, I've got the flu. I'm like, do you? Yeah, I, I can't stop shitting. You don't have the flu because you're not a five-year-old and you're not 85 years old either. There's nothing that you don't, you don't have the flu. You have the brown bottle flu. Okay. Uh, or something like that. Just treat you know, water, Tylenol, rest. Stop fucking around. Okay. Don't be around other people. So if you have the uh, the flu for five days, it's giving me kind of a round number. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Seek help. When when were you? Uh, when can you? When you stop? Oh God, get your words together, Paul. When? Are you not contagious anymore? I have no idea. I and I I don't even I would feel uncomfortable telling people uh time. Okay, so here's my next I, question. I, then. I do know that you typically it's after your fever is broke, that means your immune system is on the downhill slide of you know of fighting it. Okay. Like it's it you know, that and that's and you're on the way to recovery. So typically that's when 
so you're not contagious, but that's not always the case. And if you don't go and get like tests, it's like I was telling my friend and my other friend, Paul in in Atlanta was mm-hmm. like, you, unless you got tested, you have no idea what you have. Cause you have a whole bunch of other symptoms that have nothing to do with the flu. And he's like, well, shit. And we argued and I told you about it. So that's the thing is like, you have to go and kind of get tested and then you have to know when your symptoms started. Mm-hmm. And that's how they gauge whether or not you can get Tamiflu. Because you have to take it within a certain amount, a certain period of time. Which I've, I think I've, it's forty-eight hours, if I remember correctly. N- never had. I, I've never taken it either. I don't know any. I don't know anything about it. I don't even think it has any crazy side effects or anything. It's an antiviral, so it's still going to be experimental because viruses can't be defeated. Like right. we don't have that technology yet, which is nuts. So when someone uh, spreads the flu publicly, they they are probably feeling kind of like crap. Like they're, in their beginning, they're at least on the upswing of it. They feel like shit, but they went out in public anyway for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, and that happens to us all. You know, we we all do that. Yeah, uh, where it it, it happens because you know people are stubborn. I'm independent. I'm going to go and do this. Well, you're also going to touch money. You're going to touch uh, the card, Ew, the credit card machine. So you're going to touch money is filthy. Um, you're gonna touch the credit card machine. You're gonna touch the everything. shopping cart. Everything. You can't possibly sanitize everything that you touch. You can control what you touch from there. I do know if I'm in the grocery store shopping with a cart or something like that, and I start to turn down an aisle, and like halfway down the aisle, someone does a loud sneeze or a big nasty cough, I would just turn my fucking cart around. Oh my god! No, I will, really? and go shop somewhere else. No, I mean, I will, I will. I'm shot. I'm fuck this Safeway. I'm going. to No, Smith's. that's not what I mean. When I say <laughs> somewhere else, I mean you, down. Safeway allows sick people and blacks. A couple more, a couple more <laughs> aisles down, and then I'll come back to that one. So that's another question I have. So how long does it take? This it's like a guy does have the flu and he's hacked up in that aisle, but he now he's down the other side of the store, and I come back in that aisle. You know, is how safe is that aisle? I don't think you want to know. Really. It's not, and it's for a long time. It depend. It honestly depends on the strain. Some strains can last. Uh, I think the last one I heard, like the longest, it'll last. Uh, like on a surface, is like five days or something like that. Jesus, God, <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's this strain or not. I just know that that's like an because, like we talked about. It no wonder Howard Hughes would, would turn into Howard Hughes. He did. Yeah, he did. Now he he had. Undiagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder. Did I, did I tell you I had a, um, uh, I have a, in Southern California, a lot of people worked for Howard Hughes back in the day. I would, uh, most people worked for yeah. Howard Hughes in certain areas. And when he was in Vegas, there was a, there was a, um, a, a friend of mine's father worked for him and he took Howard Hughes's young girlfriends around for educational things and shopping and bullshit like that. And then I think he went, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm fucking this story up already. So that's a separate guy. Okay. So another guy was in Las Vegas, and he was uh, working on. There, there was a power shortage or a power issue with a hotel that he owned or was living in at the time or something. So this guy is working that I actually know is working outside um, on this electrical substation or something that was right near the hotel. It was right there, and at some point Howard Hughes actually came outside. Looking like, you know, long hair, all mm-hmm. the freakiness that he's got, his long fingernails and all this kind of crap. Coming out just to kind of see what was going on. Wasn't being a dick. It was kind of curious for God knows why he came outside, which he never did. He was an engineer. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's kind of what it was. Wearing two Kleenex boxes as shoes. Yeah. That is a known thing. Yeah. That's... Um, really? That was a common knowledge thing that he did? Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, right. yeah. Because they were clean. Yeah. Set it, Ex- right, set it around the box. Kleenex. Kleenex. 
which is really funny because if you think of Kleenex, dirty hands are grabbing each and every single one of them. Oh, yeah. That box is not going to be very clean. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Kleenex box is on the feet. The robe that had never had not ever, like it was sent to him in plastic. Yeah. And he was the only person that touched to it for like touch five it. years or something. Yeah. And the jars of urine that he used to keep. I don't, I still don't understand the jars of urine. I think he also consumed, um, for a long time, he ate only, I think, uh, Hershey bars and milk. That's weird. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's dismissive I, I, to call him weird. He, yeah. he's, he's, he was mentally ill. Yeah. And they showed that in the aviator. It was it was great. But, and they said it could be because of syphilis. You know, that was a uh, make to go nuts, apparently, or something like that. That would be one mental. It could make you turn into oh, yeah. a, a whack job. Yeah, but it makes you deaf and all sorts of other stuff. That's what happened to, uh, what's his face? Beethoven. Oh, syphilis? Yeah. Yeah. Still haven't seen that movie. Yeah, he could hear. He could hear when he was younger. Oh. Hmm. Still haven't. Oh, God, you're so awful. I, I can't. You hate Chicago. You apparently hate Beethoven. Oh, that reminds me. Just real quick before we wrap it up. Yeah. I saw uh, apparently Beethoven's, what is it, Fifth Symphony? Dun, 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 dun. Like that one, right? That's the fifth. I think that's the yeah. fifth, yeah. That's supposed to be played much faster than most. Uh, than we um, all are used to hearing it. Yeah, and I heard a full, uh, full symphony orchestra play it at proper speed and I'm telling you, it was fucking incredible. So it's better than we all it's normally It's much hear? better. It's it, not that you could improve on that. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of the greatest pieces of music So even ever. the opening, the dun-dun-dun-dun, that's also it's faster, too? I mean, I came and okay. fucking make that noise fast enough okay. with my mouth. It's supposed to be like 115 to 130 beats per minute. Jeez. It's fu- I know, and I'm thinking back, like, I played in, I know it's a marching band, but I, I played... Several different types or several different um, arrangements of Beethoven's Fifth mm-hmm. in various types of bands, and one of them was was in an orchestra, mm-hmm. and we only played it at about seventy four, maybe seventy four to we'll say seventy five to like ninety beats per minute, which is, I had no idea how fast it was supposed to be played. And listening to that whole because they did all they did was the first movement because. They couldn't. I mean, when those people were done playing, I thought the fuck a few of the violinists were gonna pass out. <laughs> Seriously, like no. I've never seen violin bows move that fast. It was f- fucking insane. How do? What did you learn about this? I just clicked on. I was on Reddit, and I was like, Beethoven's Fifth played at proper speed, and I'm like, what? And then it's like the conductor gave a little brief intro. He goes, We all know Beethoven this, and da da da, and and he was talking to the audience. He goes, and now we're gonna play it at the proper speed. That kind of reminds me of the of the opposite uh, thing, which is just different speed things. Remember the what what Dolly Parton record is that? If you slowed it down to, if you played a forty five at thirty three and the third, it's really this haunting. It, it, it doesn't. Is it Jolene? Yes, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's it's, it's very haunting. It's, it's fucking creepy <laughs> as the, hell. The it sounds real. It's like oh my god, that sounds it, like it a sounds real like it was dude's written to voice. Be, it's and it's, it sounds like it sounds like a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, because it's. Slowed down, and it's obviously it's pitch shift down because it's slowed, and so Jolene, Jolene. It's, it's yeah, like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't Christ. sound like a stupid uh, thing that someone sped up or slowed down on a nope. record. It sounds like a real dude's voice. Yeah, properly singing that song. It's fucking strange. It's like, oh my god, not quite right. It's not quite right. You're not quite right. I'm, I am not quite right, and that's why we're going to end the show with Let's that. Be done one. with being not right. All right. Well, that's all we've got. Paul, you got anything else? I've got nothing else, Joe. I've, I've squeezed everything I can squeeze out of my gray matter. All yeah. right. Good night. Bye-bye. See you.
I wish I could just make you turn around Turn around and see me cry There's so much I need to say to you So many reasons why You're the only one who really knew me at all So take a look at me now there's just an empty space And there's nothing left here to remind me Just the memory of your face Oh, take a look at me now There's just an empty space But to wait for you is all I can do And that's what I've got to face oh, take a look at me now I'll just be scared.